pressure. Lofting one, end zone incomplete. Juju Smith-Schuster couldn't catch up. There's a flag at the 10. Hang on, there's a penalty. Prior to the pass, holding number 24. Defense, five-yard penalty, automatic, first down. Yeah, that's worst-case scenario. You'll see James Bradbury. They're going to say he grabs him. He's got his left hand on his back. I don't know. Mike, listen, I think on this stage, I, I think you let him play. Obviously, Mahomes thought he saw it. I think, I don't know, I think you let him play, finish this thing out. I don't love that call, Mike. I mean, I think he... He's trying to run a little whip route. Show, sell the shallow cross. I know he's got that right hand. I get it. I just, I just think in this moment, oh, man. With straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh -huh. Call with that. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then Okay, pop we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship game. Cause I ball hard. Don't just leave by harder. I am the bird man. Hello and welcome to episode 96 of The Fizz. I wanted to thank you all for joining us once again. But before we get into anything fun, before we talk about Super Bowl, before we laugh, before we enjoy ourselves, I do want to take a moment here. We have three Michigan State University grads who host this podcast. That is where we all met each other. That is where our best memories are from. That's why we are friends, and that's why we have this podcast. And this week, obviously, was one of, if not the most tragic events associated with Michigan State University um, with the shooting on campus, leaving three dead uh, and five in critical condition. Um, so we just want to take a moment here to remember the lives of the sophomore at Michigan State from Gross Point, Brian Frazier, uh, Diamond Anderson, who was a junior from Harper Woods, and Alex Werner from Clawson, who was a junior, and the five that are in critical condition as well. Um, our hearts and our thoughts and prayers and our love go out to the families of these individuals. They go out to every Spartan on campus. Um, they go out to any mom and dad out there um, who is going through their worst nightmare right now. Uh, I truly can't imagine what everyone's dealing with. And our sincerest um, love, thoughts, prayers, whatever you want to say, goes towards these families. And uh, it was definitely a tough two days for any Spartan out there and really uh, anybody who has a, has a heart. Um, you hate hearing about these things and there's not too much to say and we like to keep it fun and, and light on this show, but obviously something we wanted to address before we get into any of the fun stuff. Yeah. It's one of those things where like you touched on Frank, we had so many great memories. Um, speaking for myself, I never felt that it was one of those places that was going to be, um, one of these attacks. We're obviously seeing a lot more prevalent in our society, but I, I never thought that when we went there, and I, I never thought that since we left there that Michigan State would be one of these places affected. So, like you said, not only the three young adults that lost their lives, the five that are still fighting, the hundreds of friends and family members, the thousands of students, faculty, and staff, and the millions of alumni that have been affected. Been a tough week for Spartan Nation, but as we know, um, Spartans are resilient, and Spartans will stay strong, and um, we'll do whatever we can to take some thing out of this and to get stronger because of it. Yep. 
I agree, Chandler, 100%. I mean, I, every time, you know, we've ever visited or, or talked about people who were up there enjoying it, never once felt unsafe or, you know, not secure. Um, just a just a tragic freak accident with, with no motive or anything. And, it you know, it doesn't make sense. And it's just a really shitty situation. And, and you feel for everybody that's involved. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, it's just – it's heartbreaking to me to think of uh, – you know, Michigan State, like we said, a place of so much our home base, yeah, man. So it, much joy and so much happiness there that that's that place is, uh, you know, it's probably a nightmare for some people now. And uh, you, you know, it's it's going to be hard to ever reference Berkey Hall or the Student Union without thinking of this tragic event. And uh, it's just a shame, you know, thousands, millions of great memories up at that place, um, up in those buildings, and uh, you know, it takes one to kind of tarnish the whole thing. So. Um, we're sad. We're grieving. We're confused. You know, uh, this one hit really close to home for us. And, you know, with all our heart, we sincerely uh, send her, you know, our love and prayers to everyone dealing with all the shit that went on this week. Stay strong, Spartan Nation. We will we will rise above and, and we're going to get through this. Yeah, absolutely. So um, wanted to touch there. It's obviously kind of a not how we normally start our show, and it's obviously an awkward transition. Uh, but we do want to bring light and joy to you guys. Uh, we are not going to perseverate on it. Uh, there's not much more to say um, because, like you, we're, we're at a loss for words as well. So uh, outside of those horrific, tragic events, we did have a pretty fun-filled electric entertainment and sports weekend. That is for sure, and we will definitely touch on – the Super Bowl, which we all watch, and I'm sure everyone listening out there watched as well. But let's start how we normally do after that intro we just had. Uh, what's up, you guys? How was your weekend? What's happening? Not, not much on my weekend. Obviously, we'll get to the big game on Sunday. That was a bulk of my weekend. But just kind of going through the motions, trying to enjoy this weather, weather podcast. Weather podcast. Trying to enjoy this weather. but um, real Heavy low, wind, heavy wind. Real low-key weekend, much like the sports scene right now. It kind of just feels like it's kind of a dead space. We're kind of just going through the motions right now. So didn't really do too much this weekend outside of Sunday. What about you, Lou? Um, yeah, pretty similar. I got a little tuned up on Friday. I wanted to make sure everything was working before Sunday. So you got to oil up the rig, <laughs> make sure the gears are in motion. You understand Give what I'm some saying? background as to this, because we talked to this prior to getting on the air as to where you got oiled up at. Yeah, where'd you get oiled up? It was a networking event. <laughs> <laughs> It was a networking event where uh, Friday I started out, you know, a couple beers, ended up meeting up with a few buddies, going to the bar. Yeah, networking. And then the, the next bar, yeah. followed by a different bar after that. And it turned into a pretty geared Friday. <laughs> you were a lot of networking. You were a lot of oil. Oil was fucking yeah. spewing out of my ass. <laughs> well, good. So everything was working before it was, Sunday? It was. It was working. Prime, uh, prime condition. Good to go. Um, Saturday took it way down yeah got back to neutral yeah, i was like to. okay got to get ready for sunday mm -hmm. let's get rocking um but a very good weekend nonetheless good good and i hope you got a you know a lot of networking opportunities i mean it's good you know like <laughs> i can't stop networking your network yeah i mean you network one place you got to go network elsewhere if you got the juice you got to use it right that's it exactly so uh my weekend was pretty chill outside of super bowl but friday i did um it's actually kind of funny like for over like holidays, like me and my wife just 
kind of gather these gift cards. Like people get us gift cards uh, for whatever reason. And a lot of them are to these like very traditional suburban like chain restaurants Applebee's. and places. Yes, hundred percent. Yes. Or it's the gift card that gives you the option to go to like one of the four. Oh yeah, yeah. So I found all these gift cards that we had from Christmas and I was like, hey, like let's do a, like a suburban night. Like we can knock these out. So I had like forty five dollars in Fandango Fandango tickets or whatever however you say it, the movie shit. Yeah, yeah. Um so we got tickets to Avatar, Way of the Water. I'll get to that in a second. And then we had like a pick your location gift card to either Carrabba's or Outback Steakhouse. Wow. Yeah. Do you go Outback? 100%. Had to go yes, Outback. Tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Had to go yeah. Outback. Yeah, so so we went Outback, um, you know, not bad, not spectacular. I'd been to Outback once before in my life. Uh, unless I get another gift card, probably won't be back, but decent service. Food actually took like a while. That was kind of the biggest like issue, but it was a non-issue like we just me and the couple we were with just decided to not like make it an issue because like, yeah. why would you? You're at fucking Outback. Um, but just kind of hilarious to go get a steak from Outback before going to see uh, Avatar. Um, so Which cut did you go with? Uh, I did filet. I okay. did the eight ounce filet with uh, loaded baked potato. Of course. And I think I did like a side Caesar salad or some shit like that. And then, salad had And then suck. of course, three oil cans of Foster's beer. Of oh. course. Yeah. Went Australian for beer. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Really took the, the scene in there. Yeah. You got to. Um, and the bill is like, even after the gift card was kind of expensive. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> I mean, like it was still like a $200 bill. <laughs> oh, holy <laughs> shit. I'm not fucking kidding. How many blooming onions? That's what I'm saying. Not even one dude. Cause the, uh, the group next to us, like got a blooming onion and I, it, it looked like shit. Like, cause I was like, we got to get a blooming onion. Right. And then I look right next to us and it was right there. And I was like, Oh, it reminded me of the, like the fried jalapenos on that fucking Burger King sandwich I had. Oh yeah. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that dance again. Um, so whatever did that, but then I, I, we saw avatar. Okay. We saw avatar way of the water, billion dollar fucking movie, this and that you guys, you've seen it, right? Have you both seen it? Yeah, we yeah. have. So yeah. All right. We're I thought living it, under a rock. Here, yeah, buddy. Yeah, I know it took me a minute. It took me a fucking minute. This is how we do it. Uh, I, I didn't like it. I thought it sucked. I thought the movie sucked. I thought the visual effects were stunning. Like the 3D, we did the IMAX 3D, did the whole nine yards. I thought that was absolutely incredible, unbelievably visual movie. But storyline, acting, writing, any comic relief was just trash. I got the whole idea of the movie in the first 20 minutes and it went on for three hours and 15 minutes. It was realistically the storyline. And I agree with a lot that, that you said there, Frank, but the storyline was the same storyline as the first avatar, just with his kids adapting instead of him. Yeah. And, and like there was, I think in the first one, it was just a little better because like it was new too. It was new. The grant, like we weren't there like graphically yet. Cause that was like 2008 or 2009. Right. And there was like half the movie was like a human movie, you know, like it was like, okay, blah, blah, blah. And he'd like plug into the avatar and right. it was like, cool. He'd go to avatar world. This was just all avatar world. Yeah. And it visually looked awesome to me, but I just truly was so bored with the story and the 25 minute. It was long extremely long. Yes. too. Yes. So I did not like it. I did not like the movie. I don't give it high marks. Um, I just didn't think there was much story to it. So you would not watch it again? No, I would not. Wow. I would not. Ebert and Roper over here, tough <laughs> critics over here. I, 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 I didn't think it was as bad as Frank saying, <laughs> but I wouldn't watch it again. 
It was one of those where it's like I'm what you watch the movie and kind of like 20 minutes in you like are like you know exactly like, what's is, gonna happen. And I, I was just kind of like I don't think this is that good. And then it's one of those where like the thought kind of just keeps ro- like progressing and progressing. You can't like get out of it. And I just kept thinking everything was terrible. Yeah, you. And then you were just mentally already checked out. Yeah, That's exactly. It. And like, I thought the guy who played Spider was like the worst actor I'd ever seen <laughs> in my life. The guy who played like the human. You, did you hear about that new movie coming out that's supposed to top Avatar? Won't be tough. Cocaine Bear. (laughs) (laughs) We got to see Cocaine Bear. We do. I don't know if you... Dude, it's getting a ton of, like, advertisement and, like, they're putting it out there. Like, they're trying to... Cocaine Bear's for real. Well, because they know once people start to see it, that's when the advertising's done. This is like Sharknado, in a sense, where it's like, it's so insane that I need to go and see it. I love that they can, like, loosely base it on a true story. I was just going to say that, based on a true story, like, what, what... what? The bear was sniffing one in the back? Like, come on. What are we talking I think, about? I think the whole story is that they did find a dead bear, like, and they did an autopsy. Or and he whatever. ate a bunch of cocaine. And he ate a bunch of cocaine. But, like, they don't know what he did. Yeah. But, like, I think they just... Yeah, lo- he went on a fucking terror. We're about to find <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, we're about to find out. You're right. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So, yeah, I, I we should just podcast live from Cocaine Bear. Oh, Rent could, out the theater. Hey, we could do that. Yeah. Maybe do a show there. We could just, like, talk about it live. Like, okay, we'll the, the bear's doing leaving. cocaine again. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask you, were you high? Were you on any psychedelics yeah. going into Avatar? What was your state of mind? Uh, oh, I ate, I ate that uh, filet. Okay. <laughs> so you had the meat sweats. And then uh, I did, ate, a little, ate a little gummy, smoked a little J. There we go. Yeah, and then I had the, well, I had the Fosters, too, but I don't really count those. What snacks did you go? Uh, so because the food took so long, we ran really late. Uh, so we, we did just a classic like popcorn and Slurpee. Oh, nothing wrong with that. No, I know. But I definitely wanted to get my movie snack is bunch of crunch. Oh, I got that when I went and saw it. Really? I did. So that's my go-to every time. When we saw it, I got the popcorn bunch of crunch. Icy machine was down when I saw it. That's fucking criminal. That's seriously, you should got the movie free. I mean, I was really pissed off about it. If you go icy, do you go like straight Coke? I do cocaine bear. Yeah, Yeah. I do cocaine bear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, I mix them up. I bet you do. You sick fuck. Yeah. (laughs) You probably are the guy. You probably go to Seven Eleven and like tuck it in your fucking jacket (laughs) because they got more flavors. I'm not above that, but that's what you do. I haven't done that. I guess with the actual Slurpee, but I've definitely gone to Seven Eleven and loaded up on snacks and brought a bunch of yeah. And, um, but I usually pay for the Slurpee. They usually do a pretty good job. It's it's well like broken up. Mm-hmm. Forgot the word I was trying to think of there. But it's it's a nice smooth slush. You know. <laughs> I uh, my uh, my wife does uh, a sick fuck thing. She mixes Coke and blue. Which, I do that. Yeah. Do you? I don't know. I don't think that's like, sick. Turns fuck. out green and yeah. shit. Like by I the end like of that. it, it's yeah. just an absolute piss mess. I feel like they melt more when they're mixed too. Like you have like 15 minutes to slug that down. <laughs> no, I don't think that's true. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Good to go to the movies. Oh, another like fuck up. I had booked the movies. Like it was like the first theater I was in that it didn't have the um, reclining chairs. It, Whoa. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing anymore. Right. We got in there and I was like, oh shit, I fucked this one up pretty good. Were you guys like us. stiffed up? I felt like it. I mean, I was like, is this how we used to watch movies all the time? You but probably yeah. would have fell asleep if you had the good chairs, I was though. just going to say that. Seriously. I'm not for the reclining chairs because I'm out because I'm always high going to the movies. <laughs> yeah. I'm out by 30 minutes into the movie. I might have been toast because I need the recliner so chairs. Yeah. I need the recliner. <laughs> need. I, 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 would, I like it, too, uh, but didn't get it. So, yeah. Saw Avatar. I know. I know I'm like three months late on seeing it, but like finally saw it and I just, I wasn't a huge fan. 
if you're going to take 13 years and spend a billion dollars, like toss me like a joke in there, like an actor I recognize a little bit. There was, there was zero comic relief. None. I think they relied on Spider for comic relief when he like swore. He like said dumbass and the theater thought it was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, not good. I thought it was fucking stupid. Um, Last note before we get into uh, everything, everything Super Bowl. This weekend, I'm heading up north for the 12th year now, which is kind of unbelievable. First time we went was when I was 21. I'm now 32. What's the report looking like? So... It's right now it's warm. Uh, it's, there is ice. We do have boots on the ground up there. There's a couple of, uh, real outdoorsmen that get up there about Tuesday, which like freaks me out. Cause I can barely handle. Are the- these guys that are like running it or they're like playing and they're, they're just- playing in it, but they're really outdoorsmen. Like, okay. like they're up there like ice fishing and like, oh, I don't know, whatever, you know, you yeah, probably yeah. know like yeah. hunting wolves and shit like that. You know, yeah. it's enjoying sick. it. Yeah. Getting a week out of it. Exactly. So, um, I can barely handle the Thursday to, to Sunday up there just for the amount of beers, but going to St. Ignace, Michigan for the Labatt Blue Pond Hockey Outdoor Tournament, uh, going up this year as the Snakes, as always, uh, three-time champions, but this will be our first year, first year we're eligible for the 30 and up league. So very excited to play some older guys. Last year, it was like, you know, ages 29 to 32, and we were playing against 21 and over. Yeah. And the, the kids got some zip. Yeah, and they also give you the uh, the early time slots, which is just we had an eight thirty time slot, Oof. like, and it's just waking up hungover, freezing your ass. It's off. not even hungover, man. You're still you're still feeling yeah, yeah, you're, you're still, still in the barrel. Yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, this is one of the best weekends of the year, even though I'm I'm normally banged up for like three days after. Uh, and if you're following Champagne on Instagram, it's going to be flooded with your timeline all weekend. So can't wait to get up there. Let's see it. I yeah. mean, current look. 40 degrees today, high of 40, but Frank, there is some relief. You're going to be in the 20s until Saturday. Yeah, it's supposed to be cold weekend. Yep. And it's supposed to get down to like 8 tonight, Yep, which actually could smooth it all out really nice. So if yeah. it melts a little today and then it freezes You get that over, water glisten on top and exactly. then nice and hard. Exactly. I feel you. I feel that. Love it nice and hard. Uh, but yeah, we stay in the casino up there. You boys love it. It's like the grittiest thing in the world. They got $5 minimums, so you can just sit down with like – which which casino is it? The Quadin. Quadin, okay. St. Ignis. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you you throw a hundred bucks down on the blackjack table, you're sitting there. For Do they a have while. the five dollar men's? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Those are nice. You it's, can grind out, and then you can awesome. just pound. And you just like don't care. You can just play. You have like all your buddies sitting at the table, so like you don't even have to follow the rules if you don't want. You buying a soft pack? Oh, f- of cigs? Yeah. <sighs> I, they'll, they'll be up there. <laughs> they'll be up there. I haven't got can't to, confirm or deny. I eh? haven't got up there uh, into the the Siggies in a while. But if there's a weekend for it, I mean, this it's is this weekend. This is the one. Did you uh, make your reservation at Big Boy yet? So I don't even know if it's open yet. We're gonna we got to be surprised. Wow. Yeah, we don't know if it's open. Is that your is that your fast food Friday this week? It, Big it's Boy? Good. Probably that or just like a dirty parking lot dog <laughs> that my buddy's gonna make on the grill. Oh yeah, there we you eat go. like twenty hot dogs this weekend. It's pretty much all you don't see a veggie the whole weekend. Uh, I asked my buddies like, hey, I'm running to the store. Should I can I grab anything? I was like, you grab some bananas. I got called a candy ass. Like, <laughs> I, I asked to go up Friday this year and to get bananas. The guys think I'm just the biggest candy ass in the world now because I want to eat one fucking. I want to take like a shit while I'm up. Not there. this weekend. Not <laughs> Not here, not now, playa. Yeah. Dude, I'm nervous, man. Every year it gets harder and harder coming back from this thing. Well, bring it home. We will. Bring yeah, we got to start winning Go again. Snakes. Go Snakes. The theme this year, we get new jerseys every year. Um, but last year we got uh, 
like USA jerseys, but we're the United Snakes of America. And we did it because of the Olympics. We didn't win last year, and this year we we're like, we're not getting New Jersey. We got to win in these things. So the theme this year is unfinished business. Ah, okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, so creative. Yeah, it's good stuff. Banana boys. Yeah, banana boys making noise. Um, yeah, so we'll be doing that. But let's let's move on from that. No one cares about 32-year-olds playing hockey up north, but they do care about the Super Bowl. And that is what dominated all of our weekends. After we saw Avatar ate steaks and networked, we got into the Super Bowl. Boys, how was – I know you guys were partying together. How was the Super Bowl party? And then let's get into the game. Lou, I'll let you start. You were a guest at the party. I was a guest at the party. Um, ton of great food. I'll start with that. Definitely got my fair share of dipping, pizza sliders, muffaletta, <sighs> cakes, ice cream. Was no it? ice cream, brownies, but you get it. Yeah. I mean, it was this full-fledged. Uh, Chandler was drinking the whole time. I know that he talked about <laughs> fucking taking it easy, but that was a lie. Yeah, he was. Send, you're sending me the pictures, and you're just like, I don't think I'm going to drink. I'm like, he's drunk. <laughs> I had a couple. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of jello shots, uh, regular shots, lemoncello shots. Uh, Chandler's neighbor came over and brought some some ice cold vodka, which always goes down oh, nice. My fave. Straight vodka, Ciroc vodka. <laughs> my mom stopped by earlier in the day. Gave us some Detroit City Distillery Ponchki infused vodka. So they actually distill Ponchkis into this vodka and sell it for two weeks leading up to no Fat way. Tuesday. So had some of that. But um, like Lou said, good spread, good betting, good company, good game. Um, overall, I thought Sunday was a hit. Obviously, there were some some ups and downs and some some calls that were questionable. But with that, I thought Sunday was great, and I thought it was probably one of the better ways to end what I thought was a great football season. For sure. And it was one of those games that was like every prop better's dream. Yes. Like a ton of props came in. Everyone's, there was a ton of different guys scoring touchdowns, getting balls, catches. Like it was great for the prop game. I'll say that. I actually have a conspiracy theory about it. Uh, you know, since the whole NFL is scripted is, is like the biggest thing right now. I kind of have this theory that like – um. So much, so many people's lives have been ruined since gambling has become legal. That so many people are losing money that there's like gonna be some major pushback to it here soon because it's just it's just everywhere. It's just flooded fucking everywhere. Right. And I had this theory that since that game was just a prop better's fucking dream. I mean, every over, every catch, every marker, every chalk bet hit yeah i was just like on the biggest stage where the most people are betting the nfl said like we're gonna give everybody that we got we're, you guys we're, yeah we're gonna show that everybody wins on super bowl so that was my uh betting conspiracy theory there i uh, like it keep doing that we need more of yeah, that we NFL. need more of that keep me hooked because otherwise i won't watch just kidding i'll be there every week <laughs> uh i thought the game like rocked the i mean fuck like the over was hitting. They were scoring back and forth. Each team, uh, you know, over 30 points. I thought it was an amazing game, but I did think it was – I thought the end of the game was, like, the most egregious, worst thing, worst way to ever end the NFL season in that sense. It, it was a bad call. I, I thought think, it was awful. I think we can all agree upon that. Not, not the right call, um, but to your point, throughout the game, never more than a 10-point game. Yeah. And that was only briefly – Going into halftime, was it a 10-point game? Really a one-possession game the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, 
surprising game though i know the field conditions weren't the greatest what but was what i was going to bring that up too was yeah going on there yeah, the field conditions weren't the greatest but what i was surprised about on the game was uh kansas city had 340 total yards less than i thought they'd have still won the game with only 340 total yards almost half of them 158 were rushing so that was very surprising to me i thought for them to have to win, they were going to have to throw the ball a lot more. And then another surprising stat, I mean, they ran that damn rugby QB sneak probably 15 times that game. Philly, yeah. But I thought a surprising stat, which was in favor of the Chiefs' defense, was they forced 18 third downs and three fourth downs. That's crazy. On the, the Eagles. So even though the Eagles put up a lot of yards and points, like it wasn't like they were just running down the field with no resistance like – they were putting drives together. They were making plays in clutch situations. So it wasn't just a close game. It was actually a good football game. It was. And Kansas City, I don't think they gave up one sack to Philly. And Philly was in the top three of sacks this year. And that's where I heard a lot of complaints about the field. That the guys were like getting angles. They were slipping. The grass was easily coming up off it. And they spent $800,000 on, on the field. But what the hell? How do you? I just, I don't understand. Like, why can't the NFL figure out grass? Like, there's turf. People don't want turf. But then they build special grass. And it's like waxy for the biggest game of the year. Yeah. It must be just because it's so fresh and like new. It's not like, it doesn't, it's not that grounded. Did you, know you guys what I mean? see the pile of cleats? Yeah. Did you see him show that? No, like, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, so like 20 guys changed their cleats, and they really? sh- they showed a pile of them in the corner like after the first quarter. It was every guy was changing their, their cleats. Um, I didn't really realize that. Like, I didn't, like, watching the game, I wasn't like, man, these guys are slipping all over the place, you know? But then, like, when I saw a bunch of videos and people breaking down the game on Twitter, I was like, damn, dude, like, they really were fucking slipping and sliding out there. I didn't think it was crazy until they showed the pile of shoes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I thought that was nutty. The other weird thing was like, you know, we said the Eagles were just going to pound the rock, pound the rock. And they threw the ball. Like, yes, they, did. they only ran for like 115 yards. Miles Sanders was irrelevant. Irrelevant. Didn't do anything. Like did from the beginning zero. of the game too. Like it was Gainwell and Bart Boston Scott. That's it. <clears throat> Our boy. Yeah. He didn't get in the end zone though. That was kind of disappointing. When they gave him that handoff, in, they gave him two handoffs inside the seven. Dude. Couldn't ask for a better opportunity. I know. Plus 5,000 on B Scott. And then, but it was super nice that his touches were at two and a half and he had two in the first drive. Right. Yeah. Um, that was, that was super exciting. That, that hit Goddard had a couple grabs and then hurt scored that first touchdown. All things that, we, I know, collectively bet on. So that was very, very exciting to start the game. Yep. And then your your standard, like, must bet Kelsey touchdown came in right away. Right away. I mean, on cue. Yes. Uh, he's the only guy they hit up. It's, it's incredible. Uh, I will say, like, the end of that game, I just thought that flag was – it was just unacceptable to me. Like, I don't understand the reason to throw it. It was so ticky-tacky. I guess, like, by the rule book, that is a hold. So, I mean, if you want to stop your argument there, go ahead. I just don't think that's the end of the argument. To me, the Eagles had won that play, period. They won that play. That ball was overthrown by 10 yards. Even if he doesn't get held, let's say he picks up another five. I don't think that hold is preventing him from making that play. And the Eagles win the play. So you end that play. The ball is at the 15. Buckner kicks a field goal. Hertz gets just under two minutes with a timeout, down three, to win the game, tie the game, or lose the game. And to me, that's how you make that game perfect. You let them figure it out on the field. 
that flag to me was the ultimate like thud. Like I just felt like the wind come out of the game. Yes. Yes. I did bet on the Eagles. Like I will admit that, but just for football entertainment purposes, I won enough on props to not care too much about the Eagles. Right. Like for me as an inner, like being entertained and watching that season all the way through for that to be kind of the grand finale, especially in that game, just like really bummed me out. I was like, bummed out after well I got cucked back-to-back weeks from the Bengals right and then that you know and, and don't get me wrong the late hit on Mahomes in the Bengals game you can't fucking do that no like you just can't but it's just getting screwed over by two penalties to end the game and set them up to win the game well and they got the six downs before that though right like, forget the push out of bounds right. like the Chiefs did get a few calls before that they definitely did and it was just like man yes I should have been on the Chiefs yeah <laughs> my whole issue with it was to your point, and I bet the Chiefs, so whatever. I was happy. I don't about think it. it like matters though. Like I just right. want to throw that out there. Like we're looking at this as football fans. Like we had won right. enough collectively, us three. I knew all of your bets. Like before that, for we me had to, a good group day. Yeah, we yeah, did. we had we a good group day. But to to your point, Frank, was it maybe technically a penalty? Yes, but what people don't realize is it's about how you call a game, and that whole game was loosely called. The refs were letting them hand check each other. There was more egregious holdings and or pass interferences that were not called in the game. And then at that moment in time, they decided to call it tightly. I compare it to like an umpire in baseball. You have your strike zone. Some umpires have low strike zones and they're calling the low strike the whole game. Okay, just be consistent with it. Call the low strike the whole game. They didn't stay consistent with it. They called a ticky-tack penalty at the end of the game. Tough way to end the season, but kudos to the Eagles. I heard a lot of Eagles players get interviewed right after the game. I heard Nick Sirianni get interviewed right after the game, and none of them blamed that call for why they lost. They were all stand up. They all said, hey, there was a lot of other things that factored into us losing this game. It's not one player, one call. Um, The truth of the matter is it was a bad call. But like they said, it wasn't the reason why they lost that game. Just a very shitty way to end the season with everybody watching. Yeah, I mean, if that was actually like the Lions or something, I oh, would, I would, lose. Oh, I mean, I would just, oh, I mean, dude, like the end of that game, like it was just entertainment, 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 entertainment. And then it was just kind of like, oh, right. to me, it was just like kind of just the wind got pulled out. Like uh, the announcers, I felt just were like, all right, and here's your, here's your game winning kick for the Super Bowl. Um, and like the thing was, it's like they don't call that, they probably still get a field goal. And then Philly gets the ball back with a minute, 10 left or whatever. And we get to watch it, you know, watch the actual ending that we want to see. Let's see if they can do it. And and it was like, I just thought Philly won that play and you kind of gifted it to them. And yes, we would have had truly like let them figure it out on the field. Um, And I would have just, you know, if they really wanted to rig it that bad, I would have just rather them let KC kick the field goal and then just, I don't know, call a bunch of intentional groundings or something on on Hertz. Just make shit up. You know. Before we get into the extracurriculars of the game, I do want to give kudos because you touched on it, the announcers. Greg Olson. Yeah. Great announcer. Came to play. He came to play. Everyone knows he's going to get demoted when Brady comes into the booth, which is ridiculous. And I'm seeing things about how he's going to get a 70% pay cut because he's not going to be the main color guy. 10 million to 3 million. Yes, the color commentator. He's not going to have that position once Brady joins in, but... Great job announcing it. I thought they did a great job in in regards to the game. I thought just the game as a whole was very well put together. Mm -hmm. Everything from the announcing to the theatrics of the game to the strategy of the game. I mean, the Chiefs had two wide-open touchdowns on the goal line. 
those were perfectly called plays and perfectly executed plays to lead to wide open touchdowns. Yeah, there was just exciting plays, exactly like you said. I mean, we had a defensive touchdown. Uh, the Chiefs' like punt return was was pretty insane. Yeah, that yes. set him up. You never see that. Uh, AJ Brown's touchdown was awesome. I love AJ Brown. Uh, it, it was. It was just a very entertaining and and. Uh, Mahomes was healthy. I know he hurt his ankle hurt for like a minute, but that seemed to go away at half. Whatever the hell they injected him with or did with, or if he was he was not faking it, I would not say that. You know, maybe selling it. Yeah. I don't know. Because his he looked like he was done. Like mm-hmm. the way he was oh, grimacing. The, and the you know money every, line was jumping like crazy too. Yeah. It was like you you couldn't get the Eagles. They were like minus three thirty, minus four fifty. Yeah. Like it was it was flying up. But I was ha- happy to see him like early on. He like did a scramble for you know thirteen yards or whatever it is, and it was just one of those like, well, okay, he's he's fine. He's right? okay. We, yeah. we're, we're playing today. Oh, you know, at halftime they juiced him up with anything you could get their hands on. <laughs> yeah. you, had, you had to beaver up. tranquilizer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought um, you know, I'm very happy for Andy Reid. Uh, love Andy Reid. I will say I was like motherfucking the Chiefs after this game. I was mad how it ended. I feel like they've been really fucking petty yeah. after the Super Bowl too. Like the stuff with Juju. Yes. And like these guys are not fucking like big difference makers on the team. You it's know? Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and like a, a few playmakers on defense, I thought. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There was a couple other guys out there that were just, like, tweeting dumb shit well, out. Well, Kelsey was, like, they're, they're taking this, like, underdog no oh, one that, believes in oh us Oh, my mentality. God, dude. I can't, I can't hear that anymore. Like, you were the third favorite to win the Super Bowl preseason. You're yes. not an underdog. No. You have no underdog story. No, and you were a one-point fa- like one point dog in this game. And, like, their whole narrative, like, Kelsey, like, literally said no one believed in us. And it was like, that's, that's it's not sim- true. That's simply not it's, true. It's just not true that nobody believed in us. Did people have doubts because Hill didn't come back? Yes. Do people have doubts because they were a dog at home in the AFC Championship game? Yes. Nobody didn't not believe in you. No. There was a ton of people who believed in you. Yes. No one would have, like, this game truly was, no, I wouldn't have been shocked <laughs> if either side won. Right. You know? Uh, Good football, though. It was. It was a great game. Yeah. I uh, I think I don't like Sirianni. I think he annoys me. His his cry. Was it the crying thing that got when you? When he's crying before the game, I'm just like, well, buddy, you're a meme for the rest of your life. I mean, dude, when you work <laughs> your whole life to do something and you get there and you're about to fucking get after it, I can, re- I mean, dude, the guy was fucking bubbling with emotions. Yeah, I get it. But like, I just also like he was doing the arm thing. Hertz had to like pull his arm down. He just seemed, he reminds me of Jim Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of reminds me of like Jim Schwartz, but with less like personal fouls. I wonder what, what's going to be in store for them next year now, too. They lost their OC, lost their DC. Yeah. I wonder if it matters. I don't know. Yeah. They but got a lot of guys in free agency as they well. They do. Miles Sanders, um, Gardner Johnson, mm-hmm. their big safety. I think Fletcher Cox. Um, they had some big guys in the middle, and Damakong Sue, Linvale Joseph. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the Lions are going to kill him if they see him next year. So yeah, it doesn't no really doubt. matter. Like, I know they already don't want to see As long as the they Lions. put a fucking spy on Hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sue, yeah, Sue and Slay couldn't get their uh, their Super Bowl. I know Sue has one. Sue just keeps falling onto like these Super Bowl teams. Yeah, yeah. What, what good the fuck for him. Man. I know. <laughs> good for him. He I got like his Sue. bag, and now he's back just chasing ships. Yeah, dude, you know. Or like, did you guys see the Melvin Gordon with the stogie? And oh he's like, hold it. He actually came out. He's like, I understand. Like, I didn't do shit, but I'm still enjoying the moment. Why wouldn't you? Right. Exactly. It's kind of funny with each Chiefs team. They always give some guy like a Super Bowl. Like, remember Le'Veon yeah, got his? Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
That's funny. Le'Veon, where's he at? Fucking boxing right now. <laughs> he's making an album. Oh, good. He's made. I saw it the other day. He had a little preview online. Maybe Shrimp Bayless. You ever hear a, that one? Posted a reel or something. So big Le'Veon, shout out, dude. Shrimp Bayless. Yeah, he has a song. Uh, it's an older one of his, but it's called Shrimp Bayless. It's a Skip Bayless diss, obviously. I'll look it up. Yeah. Tag it on the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Did um. Well, he fought like Adrian Peterson, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he fucked him up too. <laughs> fucked him good, right? Did you watch it? I saw the. I didn't watch the fight, but I did. Like, I had to see what you happened. Bet on it. <laughs> I wish I did. Yeah, honestly, I probably would have took AP though. To be honest with you, Dude, he's like ten years older than him. Yeah, and AP's just he he'll do anything to get a bag right now. That guy's just needs money. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Um, What'd you think about the halftime show? Halftime show, we can get into it. Rihanna, love you to death. Uh, I really do. I, I'll i just be completely honest here, and I don't know. Maybe I'll get taken the wrong way, but like, I just selfishly wish she wasn't pregnant. Um, I don't know if you're allowed to say that, but I just... I love Rihanna, and she has a lot of awesome songs, and she dances, and she strips, and she does outfit changes and all this crazy shit. No guest appearances either. No guest appearance. It was just kind of the same act through like 12 to 13 songs. Um, I agree. And she picked all the songs that I wanted to hear though. Like the catalog was on point. It was just like, she could barely move out there, you know? And it's like, I understand she's pregnant and that's awesome for her to go out there and be able to do that. But like from an entertainment standpoint, like you missed out on the whole like booty shaking, dancing, outfit changes, people coming out. There was none of that besides the Michelin men. It was so meh, you know, like, like you said, like when you hear her music, it's, it's tough to not dance and get good vibes from it. But the actual show and the choreography and the, like you said, the wardrobe changes or the lack thereof, my most disappointing part, which you touched on it was she didn't bring anybody out. She has so many features in her songs. She had so many opportunities to bring other big stars out, and she didn't. Yeah, and to me, it's the Super Bowl, right? Like, that's where I want over-the-top shit. Right. Like, a bunch of people and shit to explode. Comparing that to last year, like, it's not even on the same page. Apples and oranges. It's crazy. Like, not even close. And then you think of, like, fucking, like, Gaga repelling from the fucking ceiling and shit like that. Like, I don't... So this is the number one thing I'm seeing posted everywhere as the main rebuttal for anybody saying stuff, you know, against what we're saying that we weren't super impressed, you know? So here's, here's like the number one thing I'm seeing a pregnant woman performed 12 hits in 13 minutes while suspended 150 feet in the air. And y'all thought it wasn't good enough. Good Lord. The bar is heaven. She did an amazing job. I thought, yes, it wasn't as flashy or have guest stars like the past years, but when it comes to talent, you don't need all the flash and guest stars. Just saying. So that's like, I've seen that posted fucking everywhere. Um, and I don't disagree with any of that. Like, I think it's it's amazing that she did 12 hits in 13 minutes and that she's pregnant. She was suspended in the air. I thought that was awesome. I just, I think selfishly, I just kind of wish she... It's not the Rihanna she didn't we know. Have a, she, didn't have, she didn't have another, like, life to worry about while doing the Super Bowl. I kind of yeah. wanted more, and I definitely wanted guests. It's all, it's all... You know, there's all perspective on this. If she did that at the NBA All-Star game, we would have been going nuts. It would have been great. Uh, yeah, it's the Super it's Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. Yeah. You are in the Mecca at that point in time. You're supposed to put on an over-the-top performance, and what that person said was, no, she didn't do that. Well, that's what everyone's looking for it's in the a, Super Bowl. It's a good way to put it. You know, so you have to 
do something somewhat wild, like rip someone's nipple tassel off or <laughs> do something like that in the Super Bowl. But you, you can't just play it safe in the Super Bowl, and that's why I think people like us are disappointed. Go for gold. Yeah, I totally agree. And Love Did Her to guys, Death and her catalog rocks, but, yeah, I wanted oh, a little yeah. more. The songs were all on point. They were legit. It was all what I wanted to hear. Yeah. I've listened to her catalog for four straight days now. Right. right. I mean, I'm just – it's on repeat. And she – I mean, she killed it. So, obviously, they don't get paid for that, but her – you know, all her metrics are like – her search results have gone up 833%. Her beauty line – That's which, why they get to do this for she, free. She's such a great businesswoman, too. Like, she puts on the make – like, she did the lipstick thing, like, mm-hmm. while on stage. Uh, so, right. everyone's searching her shit. Just pretty crazy. How big the Super Bowl really is. I, I heard more people watch that than the actual game. That's the report going around. At I least. saw that too. Yeah. I believe that because it's like if you are watching the game, you're not turning it off when the halftime comes on. But there are people out there who are like, I don't give a fuck about football. I want to see Rihanna at halftime. Yes. So those people are turning all that. You know what I mean? They're turning on at halftime. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a really good point. Um, but yeah, I kind of just thought like she had like the whole performance too. Like normally they change scenes change moods did you see the meme going around about her stage no it's a a level from super smash brothers oh yeah i did yeah (laughs) i did that was pretty accurate no i thought that was very funny uh like like you were saying they didn't get away from any of that like it was all the same stage like she was in the middle walking down behind the guys with the white coats every time doing like a little dance as much as she could being pregnant but like there wasn't anything like Damn. Yeah. Wow. It was just like hazmat jabberwockies. Like that was it. <laughs> that was like the whole the whole thing. So um that's Rihanna. That was pretty good. Or I mean it was it happened. Uh what did you guys watch any of the commercials or not really? The only one that I um really saw and remember um was the Tubia one. Yeah, me too. Right. I think that's because our everybody. buddy was like who has the damn remote Bro, on it? Yeah. yeah. Stop hitting the remote. And and so everyone's looking around and we finally all caught on to it. But other than that, I honestly didn't see and or nothing stuck with me as far as Super Bowl commercials go. I wasn't really paying attention either. Like Chandler, the Tubia one, just because I thought somebody was fucking changing the channel was the only reason yeah, I right. like tuned into it. But I was doing my regular thing, like watching the game when it was on. Mm-hmm. Hey, commercial comes up. I'm going to graze some food, going to make a drink, yeah. put some bets in, yeah. maybe shoot a couple darts, yeah. get back to the TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's how you do it. Uh, so I did watch some commercials here, and I did I did write some notes down. And so, uh, like I said last show, the biggest thing I look for is the is like the takeaways. You know, last year it was like I felt a lot of crypto and electric. This year I don't necessarily have what industries I thought dominated or had the most commercials, but without a doubt they were going after us millennials. They were going for nostalgia with everything that I saw. So Rakuten or Rakuten, whatever that brand is, they did a clueless commercial, like the movie clueless. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pepsi did a Zoolander commercial. Uh, Michelob Ultra did a Caddyshack com- commercial. Uh, Uber One had like the Diddy commercial where they played the song What Is Love. And like all of that is like movies and media that we grew up with. And I think their whole goal was just to bring up like nostalgia to like go after us. Cause I think we're the youngest generation who might still be watching commercials. I don't think I saw any crypto commercials at all. Did you? No, I don't remember any. I don't know how there could <laughs> be. I don't <laughs> think, I don't know how there could be. Right. Well, yeah, I think because of the whole FTX thing, yeah, they were like, like, uh, fuck that. Yeah. The, um, 
I did the, my, my favorite commercial though. And I didn't watch all of them, but I did see a good amount to at least decide. I think what the best one was that stood out for me was, uh, Doritos had like a minute long commercial with Jack Harlow. And it was basically Jack Harlow wanted to quit rapping. He got really into the triangle and then it, it caused like this mass hysteria across the country. Like every kid wanted to play the triangle and like his new, it was basically called Jack's new angle, which I just thought was, was good and creative. And I thought like Jack Harlow playing the triangle was kind of funny and humorous. I didn't think it was like the most mind blowing thing in the world, but of, of all the shit I saw, I thought it was the, the like, best. All right. Okay. Yeah, I was I like the most thought that. Out. And then there was a Will Ferrell one for Netflix and it was just Will Ferrell like in every Netflix show that we've ever watched in like a funny scenario. Can I bring up Jack Harlow real quick? Yeah. Because I, I'm a little disturbed by something. I did see the new preview for White Men Can't Jump, and I saw that Jack Harlow is the Bill Hoyle, who he, was Woody Har- Harrelson is in he the really? original White Men Can't Jump. I, 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 it, it strikes a, a terrible chord with me. I don't know any of those. Who's yes. playing Wesley Snipes? I don't know who's playing the new Drewski? Wesley Snipes, but... Woody Harrelson's character is such a classic character, Bill Hoyle, in the first one. Or Billy Hoyle, should I say. Bill Hoyle, what is he, like a congressman? Yeah, Yeah, he grew up. William Hoyle. But that kind of irked me that Jack Harlow's getting to play such an iconic slash big role. He's not even an actor. That is... You know, and Woody Harrelson is, I'm, he's got to have an Oscar, right? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, maybe, a, maybe not, but I think he's a great actor. Yeah, so do I as well. So that kind of irked me with that. Your other note from the commercials, uh, I can't wait to have a Mick Ultra on the golf course. Why is that? I mean, you had Mick Ultra oh, the Caddyshack. and Caddyshack. The Caddyshack. I'm like, yeah. See, they got you. That's what I'm saying. With the warm weather now, the Mick Ultra, I have been the, the I've, I've been having the itch a little bit. Me too. Oh, I got the itch me. bad oh. right now. <laughs> I need to take a fucking When I went lesson. down to North Carolina for that training, we were at, like, at a country club, so it was just, I was just staring out the window at fucking golf course all day. Really? I was like, man, that <laughs> looks exhilarating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely excited as well. I'm going to I'm gonna take my first lesson this year, I've decided. You know, playing every week at Rambler, you don't really get better, you know. So I just kind of want to take a lesson for the first time. Not there a bad go. idea. Get Not the short game idea. dialed in. Yeah, definitely got to figure that out. Definitely got to figure that out. But, yeah, that was, that was all I had for uh, the commercials. Rihanna, anything else uh, you guys noted from the, uh, the Super Bowl or anything else we should take away from it? I don't want to say anything else about the Super Bowl, but I do want to say um, we are now entering what might be the most hyped six-month period in the history of the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I don't think we've ever ended a season more excited. No. Maybe after the draft we've gotten excited, maybe after some free agent pickups, a coaching hire. Um, there's been times where we've been excited, but – the day after the Super Bowl, I don't think Detroit Lions fans have been this excited since probably Barry. And it ain't local. It's it's nationwide. I mean, you, you saw the odds. They have the seventh best odds to win the Super Bowl. It was year. weird seeing 2,500, not 25,000. Right. 25 to 1 to, to win the Super Bowl. I saw a power ranking today that had them up at 6. I saw 6 too. Yeah. I mean, we, I, there's no way we've ever been ranked that high going into a season, right? No no chance. Not even close. Let's put it into perspective. To start the year this year, the Lions were 10 to 1 to win the NFC North. Mm-hmm. 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. They're 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. It's crazy. Next year. We're getting on that, right? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Oh, 100%. It's already live. Okay, 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. I, 100%. I, I would, the only season I could maybe think of 
the only one that's like pre berry that maybe we were more excited, not more excited for. I don't think more at all, but mm -hmm. the most excitement after a season was maybe the year we went nine and seven and fired Caldwell and brought in Quintricia, oh, which, gosh. which sounds awful, but like we were all very excited for Quintricia, whether we want to admit it or not. I sold fucking t-shirts of fucking Patricia's face on the website <laughs> and I sold quite a few. Hope that's not a bad omen, but, um, just a, a quick, look. I wasn't even going for that. I was just trying to think of when we were most excited last quick look ahead. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas next year. Would there be a better place? No. To see the first Detroit Lions. Outside, no. of, <laughs> outside of Ford field. No. Oh my God. So it's uh it's something I think as a city and, and like you touched on Lou as a country, everyone's taking note and we have a realistic chance to win the NFC North, to at least make the Super Bowl next year, like we, we should, have a good chance. We should be f favorites, right? Uh, who else? I mean, in the North, yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I just, I say it so like reluctantly because I, I'm just trying. We'll to, be like, real close with Minnesota. There's no other option. And I just, I think we, we're we beat the piss. Yeah, I agree, but we're I think like from them. odds standpoint, I think it'll be pretty close. What's Green Bay gonna do? I mean, like I don't care. I don't think it affects anything. I think we're over Rodgers now. I think we've actually like gotten over that hump. But like, I'm just very. Is he still on his darkness tour? I think he is. Yeah, he I think is. He's in the dark right now. He is a fucking. He's weirdo, in the depths, But I gotta baby. say, him saying I gotta go on a darkness tour was like kind of tight. Uh, it's kind of tight. <laughs> Boss, it's like I, like I'm probably going. I'm going on one this weekend. Did you read into it? No. The, the darkness? No. It's like four days where you're you're in pitch black and they put the uh your food through a slit in the door so he's going to like pr like prison yeah like a, like a you medieval like, prison yes you like hallucinate and i guess it's supposed is to he taking hashayuka or whatever that shit is i, I have no idea he has to be right he's not there. just sitting in a dark room for four days right did he pay for that <laughs> i think you do I, I dude i had no idea it was i didn't know uh, okay. it was that simple i thought he was just being fucking Roger, right? Like I thought he darkness tour. I thought he was going to like somewhere remote and hanging out, and he was calling it a darkness tour. No, I think it's like some like 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 we hallucinogenic psychedelic shit going we gotta, on. We in gotta there. look this up. We gotta know what a darkness tour is because maybe we'll do one and podcast while we do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey Chandler, still can't see you. Yeah. Darkness tour defined. It, it it this is the first headline I see. Darkness oh. retreat is exactly as weird as it sounds. Yeah. Okay. You're finding more than I am because I'm finding dates for a uh, dark. Like, I, have, I have darkness tour, which is Bruce strings, Bruce Springsteen's like tour, but whatever. Dark, Anything around here. Dark <laughs> retreats have been a practice for thousands of years. Spending extended periods in darkness is a common practice in searches, certain branches of Buddhism and bond. In both cases, they instruct hmm. followers to spend extended time alone in specially sealed off rooms with an absence of light. This is coupled with the practice of tech, practice, practice, you got this. talking about practice of techniques designed to hone imagination, which people claim leads to visions and spiritual awareness. So what he's saying is he's going to go on this darkness tour, see his visions and decide what he wants to do moving forward. It's like, buddy, do you want to play or not? <laughs> the visions. <laughs> like, what a fucking... I, as a player on his team, you got to just be like, I'm so done with this. I went on a darkness tour. I got to tell you guys, I went on a darkness tour after the Super Bowl. I went to McDonald's. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 
God, that thing looked terrible. I went to McDonald's the day after. Ew. I just felt like an absolute pile of shit. And mind you, I don't know why I thought McDonald's was going to make me feel better, but I was in such like a lazy shithead mood. I didn't want to yeah. do anything. And it ruined me for two days after. Like, yeah. I still feel like shit today. Yeah. Um. And I sent you guys a picture of it. I'm not kidding Ew. you. It was the worst fucking McDonald's I ever seen. It looked like the cheese was plastic that like your kids play with in one of those kitchenette things. Like they it just were, wasn't melted at it, all. No, there was, and I got a quarter pounder. So there was two of those bad boys and, and the patty was like coming off the bun and the out, <laughs> the outside of the fucking patty was so crispy. It's like it fell in the back of the fucking fryer and they forgot about it. It probably hit the ground and they just tossed her back in. Oh, it had, and the fries were like shipped from Antarctica. Frost was fucking coming off them. Dude, the, the, the bun, and the patty, like if you picture an eclipse, picture when they first touch, like when they first touch, that's how far off they yes. were. Like they, they, the patty could have been in a different box. <laughs> it was so bad, dude. It, and like, I, I don't go to McDonald's hardly ever. It's like, it's, it's low on my fast food chain. Like if I'm going to get fast food, I'm not really going to McDonald's, but I was just like, kind of just want a burger or whatever. Fuck it. Dude. Never again. Dude. Since we're talking about shitty food, I have to tell you about today. I haven't gotten pot belly in a long time. And today I got a big Italian from pot belly and it was disgusting. Really? I could not I know, believe I, it. I, that's alarming. No, I know. I'm, and I am not a picky eater. I was eating this thing going, this tastes like shit. Ate the whole thing. Regardless, <laughs> I have not stopped fucking like sweating and feeling like shit. Like I feel like shit right now because of this pot belly I had today. I just have like the meat sweats. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. I've never had a bad me pot either. belly. Me, I was like craving it today. Haven't had it in a really long time, probably like six months, probably longer. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get pot belly today. It's always solid. And it just wrong. Yeah, it was just bad. Dude. Did you go shake? No. Oh, man, that would have midday shake. <laughs> I mean, I did, I did. I did a big Italian. You know, I mean, that's that's a boat. That's a lot of food. I'll tell you what I, we went to. Uh, you guys ever hear of Super Chicks? No. It's like a new chicken sandwich place out in Macomb. Okay. Got it the other day. Went with some guys from work. They cemented in a shake with a chicken sandwich midday. Jeez. How was our productivity after? Uh, productivity. I don't, I don't think they did any. How many sales were closed? Yeah. How many <laughs> yeah. deals you get done after that? They were giving away homes. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. After that meat, that meat house I just ate, I couldn't. Uh, I could barely send out a tweet. That is a that uh, Pizzo said it best. That's alarming though because. I've gross. seen less and less pot bellies around here, and that means the the survivors are are lacking in in quality. The now. tomatoes tasted funny. This is this is just kind of funny. Like I think about, and I feel like you guys would be the same way. It wasn't good, and I ate the whole thing. Like it yeah. was not good. You know, I feel I like, ate most of the McDonald's. <laughs> you know it I mean? sucked, and I just feel like like it, I was like, in such a low place and just so hungry. I was like, this is all I have. I'm gonna go home and tell my wife about this this meat sandwich I ate and she's gonna be like why didn't you stop eating it and I'll, and I'll just be like I don't know like I feel like guys are so different with that like this tastes like shit can I have another because <laughs> like the tomatoes tasted we like funky. to feel pain yeah the, the, the tomatoes tasted funky and the meat just kind of had like I don't know man it was like this plasticky it was gross it was gross so is it safe to say it was no filet from uh, uh, Outback yeah, it was no filet from Outback. Okay. The filet was pretty good from Outback. The, it was like the food from Outback was very, I don't know how to, like, Outback -y. It, it was just so, like, it looked like it could be from, like, a children's, like, playhouse. Like, it was just like, here's, here's your, like, here's your steak. Here's your tray. Yeah, it looked like it was just rinse and repeat. I don't know. It was just that. 
I gotta just stop eating at these these chain restaurants. Yeah, they're eating me alive. Um, cool. Anything else? Nothing on the Super Bowl really for Nothing. me. Nothing. Good. Yeah. Good end of the football season. Yeah. Besides that last fucking play. So now, how many days until we kick off? Like two hundred something. Oh, it's got to be around. It's got two fifty. Uh, yes, because it's usually the first full week in September. So we are just over six months away from that. So I bet you're right around 200 days. Yeah, we can get a little greedy, start flirting with week zero and shit, though. I mean, hey, we got the Michigan Panthers coming here in the spring. Yep. Michigan Panthers. We still have NFL draft. We've got 60 days. So we still have a lot of NFL in us. It's post-draft is when we start to get withdrawals. Do you guys have any early thoughts on the draft? I have none. I'm asking you guys. I... I really think this is my prediction. I think we're going to go cornerback at six. Spoon? Yep. I think we're going Witherspoon. And I have a weird feeling if he's still there, which I think he could be gone, I think we're going Bijan Robinson with our second pick in the first round. Wow. I do. Yeah. I've, I've seen mocks where Witherspoon is at 18, though, too. I saw that, too, but I did just see one today where I think it was McShay had three or four corners gone by 18. I, I'll i be honest, I don't mock that much. I kind of wait till like the week before to start playing with it. I'm ripping up Walter football mock drafts. No, I know. And most of my friends are. Like, I know you guys are. I just kind of wait till the like we're close. I, like I can't to, do too many mocks. I'll like check them I mean. out and see what's yeah. going on. But I'm not like looking up a new Shut mock every day. up. You are the king of mocks, dude. <laughs> You're putting scenarios in your head, pre-ordering Yeah, I'm jerseys. making, like, my own mocks. I'm not listening to fucking Todd McShay's bitch ass. What do you mean? <laughs> I think that's what he's saying, though. He mocks his own. We're all making... They're making your own. I don't... Th- what, no, Ch- like your own Chandler's po- talking... I think he's talking about, like, he's, like, seeing what everyone else is saying on the mock world. He ain't, like, dialed into Draft Wizard making his own. He just said he does Walter mocks. Yeah, I do Walter football. I do some mocks on my own, but... It- I thought Walter Mox was, like, a guy. No, isn't Walter Mox you build your own? <laughs> No, there's a there's a Walter football which have their own mock drafts, but you can create your own mock draft in, as well in Walter mocks mm, or no? Yeah, I don't know what All the right, name I'll of go, that I'll one is. Wrong. Yeah, you're right. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead in the water. Either way, like Pizzo saying he doesn't do mock drafts is complete bullshit. Like this, he's looking it up right now. He's literally got mock drafts up right now. <laughs> like in his no, I don't. That's a Detroit Red Wings thing. Red Wings. Red Wings. Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, because I'm trying to see what's going on. You know, I'm staying up to date. I didn't say I, I said I don't do them like now. I'll do them a little bit later. I'm not like mocking it up. You eat McDonald's once a week. Fuck McDonald's. I'm done with them. Chandler, so outside of, okay, so we're getting excited for the Lions. I can't wait. Mock drafts, all that shit. Pizzo doesn't do them, but he kind of does them. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, the Pistons made a trade. They did. And it took a minute to go through. I don't know shit. I know Sadiq Bay is a newer guy that, Kind of, he was a starter people liked. I know this Wiseman guy was drafted in 2020 and has been kind of a bust. Yep. Um, either of you have any education you could dish me on what the hell just happened? Because it seems like Weaver just makes him a deal to make a deal. So here's it what, reminds me of like a guy in our fantasy league. Here's yeah. what I, I kind of see this or summarize this trade as a guy that plateaued with us, Sadiq Bay, he wasn't going to be a part of our nucleus. Okay. Jaden Ivey, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Duran right now, that's our nucleus. Okay. So, expendable, very good shooter, goes to the Hawks, team that needs another shooter, team that could, you know, make the playoffs and and possibly win around this year. Um, James Wiseman, 
just caught on a good team. One of those players that got drafted to a good team that has to win now and doesn't have time for him to develop. Mm -hmm. So just a bad situation for a player that has upside but has been injured. Okay. He's played about 50% of his games between the G League and NBA this year. Um, he's only been available for about 50% of those games. Where, where did he go to college? So he went to Memphis. Funny thing is, he goes to Memphis, gets drafted. Jalen Duran then goes to Memphis, gets drafted by us. They're on the same team, both Penny Hardaway products. My thing is this is, what do we have to lose? Okay. You know, everyone's saying, we've got Duran, we've got Isaiah Stewart, we've got uh, Marvin Bagley. Try as many players as you can at the at the expense of Sadiq Bay. To me, it's a it's a very eh trade. It's high upside and low downside. Yeah. If Wiseman pans out, Wiseman was the number two pick overall just a couple years back. That's high crazy. ceiling has a lot of offensive skill set and isn't as skilled on the defensive end, which should pair well with Jalen Duran, who is more of a rebounder, rim protector type player. So. To me, overall, I don't think it was too much. I think it was a high upside trade, low downside, and what we can only hope for is that James Wiseman just cracks some of his potential, but it was a lot like the Mar Marvin Bagley trade last year. We didn't give up much to get him. He played. He was all right. He's serviceable. Hey, if we can get that out of, out of James Wiseman, I think it's a good trade, but the Pistons, it's, it's a lost cause this year. We're trying out. We're having tryouts. We're seeing who's going to be part of this nucleus moving forward. Really, all that matters for the Pistons is the ping pong balls and the lottery. Mm -hmm. That's all that matters from now until the start of next season. Yeah, and Cade getting healthy. And Cade getting healthy, of course. Yep, but other than that, I don't think it makes too much of an impact for us this year. Hopefully, he pans out. Hopefully, he can give us minutes, but I just I don't even see him as part of the nucleus moving forward unless he surprises us. Cool. Yeah, because I obviously just saw a lot of shit on Twitter, people like mad or happy, and I just I didn't know how to decipher it, didn't know what was going on, so brought it to you guys. Um, on the other side of LCA, uh, the Detroit Red Wings, Larkin continues to be absolutely on fire, uh, making his debate for his higher salary get more intense and more intense. Now, I will stick to what I said. I still don't think anybody knows where those contract discussions are at whatsoever. I still stick by that he should be eight years, eight million. Uh, it is just kind of wild that he is, he's like torching it right now. Like he's absolutely on fire and he's like making community appearances. He's just doing everything that he should do. Which he's trying to get that mill. He that's what I that mean. extra like, mill, baby. And it's like, Eiserman is going to see right through that just because you got hot once in the middle of February in your contract month. Like, I, I don't think that Dessert means you get an extra $9 million over your contract. If, if they do somehow sneak into the playoffs. Craziness. Do you think that they'll give Larkin that extra? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I, I mean, that would be insane. Depends on what kind of role he plays. I still don't think so, though. Like, I think Iserman has set his number, and that's it. I guess it could all change if, like, that miracle happens. But I don't think so. I think Iserman has his number, and he knows his worth. I he, mean... Do you really pay somebody more for sneaking in as a seven or eight seed? No, and I don't think Iserman like no because they're not going to win it anyway. And part of me is also just like, where where has this been when it wasn't your contract years? You know, are you just going to kind of regress back now that you're paid? I don't that, know. That seems to happen quite a bit. 
Uh, but I was, I did feel a little bit justified about yelling over the last few weeks that Red Wings Twitter knows nothing about what anything that Iserman's doing because the big report outside of Larkin has been that Verana has played his last game as a Red Wing and he is now called up on the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> now he is a healthy scratch, which stinks because I want him to play a game just to prove that everyone was wrong. But Verana has been called up because Lucas Raymond got hurt. Um, but he's a healthy scratch, but I think he'll get into a game. And once again, I'm sticking to my story that no one has any idea what goes on in the Red Wings office or has any clue or any real reports. Is it really that crazy for the Red Wings to still make the playoffs? It's it, a very outside chance. I'd say it's it like, can be done, yes. And and with hockey, it's ha- like, remember the St. Louis Blues when they won the cup that yeah. year? They were... Bennington just went on a fucking tear. He couldn't, nothing got by him. Yes, and, and it could happen. But I, th- I think if it's going to happen, they have a five-game road trip that starts tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, they got to win f- four. They got to go on a little streak for sure. They, they need to rattle off like six well, in at a row. How many games? Like 51? They're at 52. So that's what I'm looking at is I'm looking at teams. So the Red Wings have 56 points currently. The seven seed, which is the uh, Penguins, have 63. Mm-hmm. But the Red Wings have games in hand versus almost everybody between the Penguins and themselves. And I'm not talking a game in hand. They have four to five games in hand on yeah. some of these teams. So I'm just looking and saying, hey, hey even if you go 500 over the next couple – you're going to be in that 60 point range and now you're you're level up on how many games and you it's play. a dangerous it's a, like what you're looking at is just it's the dangerous game to play right right because right. because I think part of it is mathematically it's it's definitely possible not probable it's possible but just the team we've seen this year has just been kind of up and down and the idea of them actually making a run in also being in the toughest division um it's I mean, I think they they have them, like, I saw some percentage thing, and it was under 5%. I mean, I would love it, and I'm rooting for it, but... Uh, realistically? Yeah, realistic. I don't know if I'm better. Are they it. getting better? Because we saw the Tigers last year with the young team. Everyone's unanimously said, we didn't go in the right direction. Yeah. We see the Pistons this year with the young team. Cade gets hurt. They're going in the wrong direction, trending towards a top three pick. Are the Wings, even if they don't make the playoffs, can you call this year a success? Uh, I mean, I would, it's kind of tough. Like I would, I would kind of say it's, it's, I, I think feel like this year's they're going in the right direction with the pieces that they have. Yeah. You know, I think that we're doing the most with what we have, but we need, we need more. We need help. I, I think it's kind of, this year is kind of par for the course type deal. Uh, yeah, we're Thing, like, what are we that now? Look we're good, 24 like, and 20. Yeah. So we're right at 500, Which a little exactly over. exactly like last year. Right. Uh, but I just feel like things things you have to take into uh, take into account. Like, Verana has been out with whatever the shit he dealt with this year. Fabry missed half the season with a torn uh, ACL or Achilles. Some, something in his leg that he missed half the year for. Um cop the new signing the 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 center signing we had he had abdominal surgery which is very tough to come back from uh Nadelkovic did not pan out as a second goalie whatsoever Larkin missed some decent time and Sider and Raymond had pretty slow starts to the year kind of sophomore slump type deals now mm-hmm. I don't think those two have anything to worry about Raymond's turned it back on Sider is going to be a star in this league forever uh those guys are going to get better. We just kind of need to fill in those pieces around it and like solidify it. And there's a lot of guys on this roster. The roster's changed every single week. Mm-hmm. 
We have Keep, no like veteran status on our team. And like no consistency almost. Yeah. Bertuzzi's been out the whole year. Yeah. Uh, we're just missing guys. We're having injuries and people are fighting like dogs for spots on this lineup. Mm-hmm. And the people that are fighting for spots are like under 21. So right. it's like we're young as shit. And there's some guys we haven't even seen yet. Mm-hmm. You know, like Marco Casper was our top draft pick last year. Haven't even seen him. Uh, Soderbloom is not played a lot uh Edvinson like we have all these guys in the hopper so we're just really young and Iserman truly hasn't made his move yet mm-hmm. we have not seen his move to be like we're going for it yes we signed Perron yes we signed Cop. they made the roster a little bit stronger solidified it gave it a little more consistency but Stevie still has not made his move and I think the year that they're having right now was you know, quote unquote, part of the plan. Sure. I don't think Stevie ever thought this team was going to be competing for the division. Fair. So that'd be my thought on the wings. And, but it would be really sick if they could put together a nice little run here on this road trip to close the year, you know, ending with momentum is always great. Just make it exciting. Like the lions, Mm -hmm. just make it, give us a chance in the last couple of weeks where we still have a realistic chance to make the playoffs. That's all I'm asking. I'm so deprived of teams (laughs) in this city. All I'm asking is a chance late in the season to make the playoffs. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Michigan, Michigan State this weekend, don't we? We, we do. We do. Second uh, meeting this year, uh, this time at Chrysler Arena in Ann Arbor. Be interested to see with everything that went on at Michigan State this week. Um, I know activities have gotten canceled on campus, so I'm wondering how that's affecting, if at all, any scheduling and practicing with the basketball team. Um, they're going to have a week off basically between games when they beat Ohio State last Sunday to Michigan this Saturday. Um, we'll just be interested to see because um, just like the football rivalry, the basketball rivalry has been pretty chippy mm-hmm. ever since Beeline came into the picture. And you got, uh, you know, um, personalities like um, Mo Wagner, uh, Iggy Brzezikas from uh, Michigan, and now Hunter Dickinson, very outspoken. The the ultimate villain. But I'm wondering how chippy this game's going to be with everything that's gone on and going on currently with Michigan State. So it's going to be an interesting game. I was expecting, just looking at this on the calendar, that both these teams were going to be fighting for a tournament spot. Mm -hmm. It was going to be a very chippy, scrappy game. I'm interested to see if that's going to change with everything that's gone on in the past couple days. I would bet no. I think once the ball's tipped, it's it's Michigan, Michigan State. That's just my thought, and you know that's the attitude of Juwan's teams. Yeah, you know, I and I'm not saying that he doesn't care or anything like that. I just think once that ball tips, it's it's green and white versus blue and maize, and you know that's it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it's gonna be a good game. I think that Michigan State they blew out Ohio State in the last game, so that that makes me a little bit nervous that they're coming off a hot game going to be doing a lot of like mourning and you know dealing with that stuff at the school and then they're going to have to go on the road and play rivalry game yeah you know could yeah could also you know work in our favor be cathartic well rest just go get your mind off of it right go go beat your rival hurt their feelings and they're in their barn well i don't want to compare tragedies or whatnot because severities are different but that one year michigan member their plane slid off the runway Mm -hmm. and like they like went on a huge run after that happened. They won the Big Ten tourney. They made a run in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if a team that really hasn't found their rhythm in Michigan State this year, yeah. like maybe it brings them together. Yeah. Maybe it gets them a little more focused. Um, they haven't had a go-to scorer all year. Mm-hmm. We were hoping it was going to be Malik Hall. It sometimes has been Tyson Walker. It's sometimes been Joey Hauser. Sissoko is just non-existent right now. But Michigan State's going to have to find – 
in this next month before the tournament, because I do think they're going to make the tournament, that they have to find that go-to score before they hit March. Yeah. Or they're going to be out in the first weekend again. Yeah, and I mean, if there is ever a team, you know, you, that comes alive at this time of the year, it's it's usually the Spartans. So. Always is. The most frustrating years of Michigan State end in the craziest runs. Yeah. Every I, year. I <laughs> every year we bang our head against the wall. And the top teams are done to, yeah. you know, yeah. Middle Tennessee. In the I was actually time. looking up some uh, some early NCAA rankings and brackets. They have Michigan State right now at like eight or nine seed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, so. Right yeah. where we want to be. Yeah, no, that's, that's right that's, where we want to be. That's all we deserve. We don't want to be top <laughs> four, one, two, three, or four because we never fucking live up to it. Yeah. And then too low, it's just like we suck. Yeah. But when we're in that five to eight, nine territory, that that's dog, when we're the most dangerous. Status. That's right. Yeah. Well, the thing this year is there's not many great teams. I mean, you don't have the blue bloods of Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas. Uh, you know, Kansas is ranked high, but they're not an unstoppable team. If anything, it's in the Big Ten, Purdue well, and Indiana, right? Well, Indiana's all right. Purdue, definitely a top five team, but you got teams like Houston this year that are making noise right now. You have teams like Arizona, who are pretty historically good, that are in the top 10 right now. Um, but you don't have that, <clears throat> excuse me, dominant team like we've seen in the past where it's like, 80% of your bracket's going to go to Gonzaga. Right. Or 80% oh, yeah. of your bracket's going to go to North Carolina. You're going to have people picking 14 to 15 teams to win the national title. It's going to make for a great March Madness, yeah. yes. Yeah, so that's working in favor of Michigan State is I don't see a one or two seed like a Texas, a Houston, an Arizona, a Purdue as someone that's unbeatable mm-hmm. that we can't match up with in the right. second round. Yep. The other uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up from this past weekend before the Super Bowl, Chandler, I know you were tuned in. Frank, I'm not sure if you saw it, but UFC uh, 284, Islam against Volkanovski, two of the pound-for-pound best fighters in the UFC going head-to-head. Absolute fucking great fight. Um, very, you know, some say pretty controversial ending. It could have gone either way. It looked like, to me, at the end of the fight, when it was over, obviously the last round, Volkanovski completely controlled Islam. But before then, it was a lot of Islam wrestling him, holding him down. Was he, like, beating his ass on the ground? No, but he was controlling the fight. They did end up giving it to Islam. Him being the champ already, I think that you really have to, like, solidify, like, the W for them to give the belt over, which is why I don't think Volk got it. Right. I mean, I think the interesting thing with sports like this you see it in figure skating, you see it in UFC, you see it in boxing. Like, what's the criteria to judge? Because in this fight, you saw Islam Makachev controlling the ground, a ton of ground control time, and you saw Volkanovski with more significant strikes, and he did a ton more damage to Makachev. Um, I thought it could have gone either way. I did think Islam won. I think he dominated for a longer period of time, although Volk's spurts were better. Um, definitely want to see it again, but like you said, Pizzo, these are the top two pound for pound fighters. Volkachev or Volkanovsky moved up to fight Makachev. Be interesting to see if they run it back again or if he goes back down to the featherweight to try to retain that belt and then fight him again. So it'll be interesting to see, but at the end of the day, I found it interesting. Volkanovsky loses and still retains the number one pound yep. for pound fight fighter in the world ranking. That's crazy. So, I, I would hate to be 
like in a judge sport like that. Uh, well, and like there's always the one judge out of the three whose scorecards completely fucked, and yeah. it was and it was the same thing with this. Everyone else had it. 47 48 and then somebody had it 49 46 which doesn't sound like a big deal yeah. but if you watch these like that means that islam clearly like w was controlling majority of the fight if not all of it mm -hmm. and which was not the case at all yeah i think it would drive me absolutely insane to be in like a judge sport whether like you said figure skating diving all that shit that right. would drive me nuts well you're watching it in real time too and they're judging they, they don't have the Replay. The, yes. Yeah. It, I mean, obviously, you could probably go back after and see some stats and make sure you sure up your scorecard before giving it or submitting it. But at the end of the day, they don't have all these angles that we have. They don't have all these replays. And it's very tough in real time to say, was that a significant strike? Yeah. How much pain yeah. was he really in right. when he was holding him on the ground? Like, that's insane. Was it, he doing any tough. damage exactly? Right. right. Yep. So, um, but UFC, for all you UFC fans, a couple good cards still on the horizon. Next big one, Bones Jones, Cyril Gaon coming up. That's going to be in a great March. fight. The return of Bones Jones, arguably the best UFC fighter in history, moving up to heavyweight. We're on a crash course for maybe the biggest fight in UFC history, which would be John Jones, Francis Aganu, two of the biggest names in UFC history. So we'll be interested to see that. And we heard the biggest personality in UFC history, Conor McGregor, coming back, coach of the ultimate fighter. He's going to square off against Michael Chandler. I believe that's later in the summer yep. that they're actually going to square off. But a lot of big news, UFC making a lot of big moves with the absence of Francis Naganu at this point in time. Yeah, and I mean, for those of you who don't know Cyril Gain. He went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Nganu like I've never seen anyone. They went the distance. If a lot of people said he could have won that fight, but, you know, he ended up losing. But, I mean, an absolute dog. He is going to give Bones Jones all he can handle for sure. It's going to be wild. It really is, and I'm excited. Bones Jones is my favorite fighter of all time. I'm excited to see, what, eight years out of the ring now? Six years out of the ring, somewhere in there, and he comes back against maybe the number one or two contender in the heavyweight division going to be an electric fight and an electric spring in summer in the UFC. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, boys. Love it. Speaking of electric, let's close the show here. How we always do with over under Jer bear, uh, the soon to be father has sent us the list here. He opened up as he always does with LGRW number one on the list. I will lead it off here. Very appropriate. As always, Jerry, number one on the list is snakes. Snakes are underrated. They're the name of our team heading up to Ignis this year. It's all about the snakes. We have unfinished business, and we're going to take home <laughs> the 30 and over gold division this year. And in general, snakes are just wild creatures. They got no arms. They're just one big slithering neck. So snakes, underrated. I will follow with that. Uh, snakes, severely underrated, incredible creature. <laughs> Seen them do a ton of damage. They can range from, you know, a few inches long to fucking 20 feet long. Correct. Take down an alligator yep. or eat a fucking cricket. Why not? These things are crazy. Underrated. Thank you. I agree. I uh, think snakes are underrated. 
Um, don't have much else to say because I'm not Jack Hanna or Steve Irwin. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I'll take three underrateds for snakes. Number two on the list, Lou leading off, Lady Gaga, who is also mentioned in this show. Jerry has a knack for that. Lady Gaga. Hmm. That's a weird one for me. Uh, a lot of b- good bangers early in the career. Later in the career, I feel like fizzled off a lot for me. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with underrated because she, she was bringing it. She brought it for a long time. Always a little bit on the edge of, is this right? Is this wrong? And we're down for that. I'm going to go with underrated. I like it. I mean, Lady Gaga's underrated ton of great hits and she's one of those that like, it wasn't one album. Mm-mm. It wasn't one period. It wasn't one decade. Like she's been doing it for a long, long time now going on 15, almost 20 years since she came on the scene. That's hard to do, and she's still putting out good new music. Lady Gaga, underrated. Yeah, absolutely. Way to way to put it there, Chandler. She, you know, it was just dance and poker face, yep. and, and the name was weird, and you kind of were just like, this is probably a one and done, you know? And then she just kept evolving, kept it growing. I mean, she is, she's a businesswoman. She's an awesome dancer. She's a performer. She's a creative director. Pretty hot, too. She's she's gorgeous she's an actress she was in uh, house of gucci yeah house of yep. gucci uh american horror story and the, the bradley, cooper, bradley cooper one star is born star is born nice work oh, yeah uh so yeah just an absolutely i think she's just talented as hell and one of the best super bowl performances there is she wore the meat dress always a little controversial going on there yep, yeah um and she's just got like songs from every type of genre whether it's pop you know like toss her in an iron skillet with some ghee butter what the hell? Because the meat dress. <laughs> I went over my head. All right, underrated. I knew I went on too long for that one. Number three, Chandler, you're up. Samuel L. Jackson, motherfucker. Gee Butter's underrated. Oh, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> all right, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, he kind of talks like this and screaming all the time. I, You know, Samuel L. Jackson, to me, now overrated. Wow. Maybe back in the day, he had a lot of good things. Pulp Fiction, obviously one of his great roles. I will not say that role was overrated, but it's one of those guys where it's like you either die the hero or you become too old and become the villain. Yeah. Or you live too long and become the villain. Yeah. And I think that's for him. It's like, just go away. I don't need to see you in singular wireless commercials or AT&T commercials. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is now over. Rated. Wow. Uh, strong disagree with you there, Chandler. I respect the OG Samuel L. Jackson. I'm still into his shtick, no matter what he's doing, no matter what it is, whether he's swearing or not. I mean, I thought, you know, he's in the Marvel movies now. I think he's great in those. I thought he was awesome in uh, Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach I th- Carter. Coach Carter. I mean, Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. I mean, well, now we're going, we're way <laughs> snakes on a plane. Uh, I mean, I, I love Samuel L. Jackson and I love his bit and I've just, I'm locked into him. I think he's an OG, and I'm just going to say he's underrated overall. I'm with you, Frank. I think he's an OG as well. He's one of the iconic actors. You can recognize his voice and his face anywhere. Underrated. Capital One's got to be paying him millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. To have him do their commercials. What was the Chappelle skit? Samuel L. A shark ate me. Yes. Yeah. He's Samuel. He's Samuel. Ja- uh, Samuel Adams. Or? Samuel Adams. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's but it's Samuel Jackson. Yeah, yeah. he's like, and he's selling his beer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, they deserve to die, <laughs> and I hope they burn in hell. And then he like eats the nuts off the table. Yes. Deep blue sea. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, that one that rocks. Shout out Dave Chappelle. Underrated. Yeah, underrated. Number four. Uh, me. Okay. Streakers. 
Streakers. Uh, I'm going to say streakers are are overrated. They don't, they don't even show them on TV. They kind of just like delay the game now. Uh, I don't know what you're doing out on the field if you're streaking. I guess it used to be kind of funny, but now a lot of times people are trying to make like some sort of political statement or I don't know. I just yeah. I don't really see the point in it. And you probably get in a lot of trouble. So I'm going to say streakers are overrated. I, I'm, I'm using streakers in like sporting events. Yeah. No, I and not. It's me, yeah. yeah. I'll uh, I'll <laughs> I'll follow that too. Streaking means running out there naked. Like it's not streaking if you're wearing a fucking costume or like you have some shit on or you're like trying to say something to everybody. Like that's not streaking. Okay, watch fucking old school. See what Will Ferrell did. Yep. Find out if the KFC is still open, yes. honey. That's streaking. Okay. Overrated. Bring your green hat. I agree. the The thing that I find most overrated about streaking. It's the people that you least want to see streaking. Yep. So uh, also it, true. It's it's yeah. not great looking. They're always like you said, trying to push like some political agenda. Now it's not just like for fun and and running around. Um, so streaking is overrated. Back in like the seventies, there was a woman who went to like every different MLB park and would jump on the field and and kiss one of the players. And that wasn't streaking, but it was it was at least like something kind of she was like good looking. So it was like cool that that was her thing. That's like all I got that I could like with that. <laughs> Number five, Pizza, you're up. Mullets. Oh fuck, dude. Underrated. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I love a good mully. I'm a huge lettuce guy. Um, Frank, you know this being a hockey guy, yeah. mullet's a part of life. It's just one of those haircuts where it's an absolute staple in American society. Some of our best blue collar workers support the mullet. Fantastic haircut, underrated. Yeah, I don't have much else to say about that. Uh, obviously, I have professional restraints to where I cannot have a mullet for whatever reason, but would love to have a mullet. I think it's I think it's actually a good look. Like they're cutting mullets to actually like look like a good hairstyle. Yeah, they're kind of shaving the sides and like gelling the tops. Are getting them like Miley Cyrus had (laughs) like a mullet for a minute. It's not like it's like an old ugly mullet where like you literally shave the top of your head and leave the back like Joe Dirt. Like they actually look all right now. It's like a fade into a mullet. So I'm saying mullets are under. Rated. Yeah, uh, you have professional restrictions. I have biological restrictions. <laughs> why I can't have a mullet? But yeah, I mean it's the fucking beauty cut. Like, what are you gonna say? It's the best hockey cut there is. I have a mullet wig that I take up to uh, St. Ignace. I'll probably have it out again this year. It's one of the best haircuts there is, and if you can pull it off, fuck, more power to you. You're a legend. Mullets Agreed. rock. Underrated. All right, team. Well, that is the show. That was episode 96. We're closing in on 100 here. Uh, We are going to keep everything rolling. If you were ever in question, football season is done, but we are not. The show is just probably going to get a little more loose, a little more games, a little more, uh, I don't know. Entertainment factor. Yeah, a little more grab ass involved. Who knows? We're evolving. A little slap dick comedy. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's summer, baby. Uh, But yeah, we're excited to keep it rolling. We appreciate you guys listening to us through all of football season. It was a hell of a year. Uh, Lions fucking had their best year we've seen in a long time. Great Super Bowl. And we appreciate you guys coming along for the ride. If you are listening on iTunes or Spotify, please rate this show five stars and write a review. And I don't know what you're betting on this weekend, but if you are, good luck on all your bets this weekend. And we will see you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Have a good rest of the week and go green, baby. See ya.